We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Kicking off a new week here. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm the Luch, filling in for Stevie, who had a busy weekend of NASCAR action. I'm joined by my good friend, Chief Justice 06, Will Priester. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much, my brother. Doing great. Another day at the office. Uh, here to talk some NBA. Got a couple games on the slate, so I already know this is going to be uh, let, let's call it a quick, uh, I do mean quick, uh, podcast, and uh, just excited to come on with you, brother, talk some shop, and and, uh, and have a good night. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite times of the year, March Madness. Of course, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, hockey, NHL playoffs, spring training, baseball is going to be here before we know it. Um, of course, PGA, the Masters coming up, all while NASCAR is in full swing as well. And uh, Stevie's got some fantastic stuff at Roto Grinders, just elite content. So if you're into fantasy NASCAR, check out Stevie's stuff at Roto Grinders. Meanwhile, Chief and I will break down the six-game Monday night slate for you. We're going to kick things off with your Charlotte Hornets, buddy. They play at 7 o'clock Eastern, taking on the Pacers, who will be without Tyrese Halliburton. This has been a chaotic puzzle all season when these Pacers have missed games. They have a handful of guards and forwards who, when they play 30 minutes, can break any slate. I don't see any egregious overpricing on DraftKings. Uh, Some of these guys, their prices are up since the beginning of the season. But, you know, in a matchup with your Hornets, you know, you know them very well. They don't play a ton of defense either. So there could be very high probability of some fantasy production here and Know, likely at least one guy, maybe two guys from this game that are going to be optimal on Monday. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you're looking at the Pacers, and Miles Turner is going to be a fantastic play today. Uh, he played 30 minutes in that last start, which is something I want to look at because you know he had been out. Um, but if he if he's going to play 30 minutes against the Hornets, I am in at 7,300. Um, you know, you, you talked about all these paces. Jordan Award has been playing big minutes. Um, so he's 50. I'm saying big minutes in terms of compared to what he's been playing. Like he's playing about 30 minutes a game now. That's that's a lot of time on the floor um, considering um, where he was early this season and the matchup. So they're, they're playing the Hornets. He's going to be big time in play. He's rattled off th- a three 30 point, fa- 30 fantasy point games here back to back to back. Um, and I don't see any reason why he would slow down. Uh, Aaron Neesmith has been playing big minutes the past three games. He's been over 30 fantasy points. So as long as these guards are going to sit out, um, I, I like these guys, the cheaper ones. Buddy Heels playing 30 minutes. I'm not as intrigued by him, but, you know, he will be sprinkled in. Uh, Nimhard's going to play big minutes because, you know, no Halliburton. So I'm expecting him to play, play you know, have a big part in his offense. So I, overall, I like the guards. I like Turner. And uh, let's keep rolling these guys out. It's going to be a fast, up-tempo game. Yeah, I like Nembhard a lot. I like his scoring upside. Um, you know, that being said, TJ McConnell's a guy who can score less than 10 real points and still put up, you know, over 30 DraftKings points because yeah. how he hustles and fills up the stat sheet. You know, the insertion of George Hill into this rotation, uh, first of all, is strange because the Pacers aren't playing to win. And second of all, I think it definitely hurts the production of whatever guards coming off the bench, right? Like it was McConnell coming off the bench last game over the weekend. You know, it wasn't Nembhard. And uh, I think that's a slight a slight drop to McConnell in my pecking order of pacers that I, that I like if McConnell comes off the bench again. Um, we will see if uh, Chris Duarte is going to play because that's just one more mouth to feed. So th- that should be interesting here. I like Nembhard. We've seen him have 50-point upside once or twice this season. He's got a great matchup with Charlotte. Um, Buddy Heald's a guy who they just haven't been running like 36, 37 minutes or even close to that the last like month and a half. Like when the Pacers were competitive at the beginning of the year, you know, they'd run Buddy into the ground. Right now it's like, well, you know, uh, this guy's been shopped in trade trade rumors for how long? I feel like every season we're talking about Buddy Heald being moved. So I'm not even sure Buddy Heald will be a Pacer next season. So I don't think they want to run him 40 minutes in any game down the stretch. So uh, again, I think that's just... Uh, another reason to look at Nemhard and you know, talk about Miles Turner, right? You know, centers against your Hornets. He doesn't need 40 minutes to smash. You know, if you get 30 plus in this matchup, he still has a pretty nice ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Love it, man. Lo- love him today. Um, this is a, a big, big, big time spot for him. We talked about, you know, I just like kicked your Hornets when they were down here, but the Pacers don't play any defense and played a decent pace in their own right uh, so charlotte also has a fantastic matchup this game environment should be everything you want from a fantasy perspective so i'll give you the floor here and you can tell me a little bit about the hornets well i mean look with when once lamello went out that just really opened it up for you know this whole office they they got rid of some guys tip plumley packing uh that that's opened it up a little bit and so you know with that being said, you've got P.J. Washington today, 5,800. He's going to play big minutes, I think, here. I like him. Uh, now that Mr. Williams is out, Nick Richards, 5,100. 
Uh, I'm expecting him to probably play 25, 30 minutes. I don't hate him as well. Um, you've got Ubre and Gordon Hayward down to 5,900. You know, you're looking at this kind of downtick in minutes. That's because of blowups, though. Like they played Philly. Philly just pretty much put the, laid the smackdown in three quarters. There's no need for these guys to play. 5,900 against the Pacers. This feels like a misprice. So I, I like that a ton. Kelly Oubre, 6,900. I like him. This is just, this game should yield fantasy goodness. I want to get involved in it. Rozier down to 7,900. He's been over 8K. Dennis Smith Jr., 5K. Uh, he's playing 30 minutes. Like th- this game, just just stack this game up and, and ride it to the money. Love PJ Washington at that 5,800 price in this spot. He's been playing really well, has a real chance to hit like seven times value in a game environment like this. Um, you mentioned the absence of Williams. I think that also helps Washington a little bit, right? One less a big man in the rotation. And, you know, Washington gives them the ability to play a little small ball uh, when they need to or when they want to. So, uh, yeah, this game, you know, stack it up, stack it up. I think we're on the same page there. Yes, sir. So we got Philly and Chicago, uh, and you can tell me to shut up if you want to go backwards here. If not, I'm gonna keep going. And we That's have uh, we have the the current current MVP favorite Joel Embiid, and this is gonna get really interesting between the Embiid and the Jokic stands um, down the stretch, and we'll see what happens. Uh, either way, you know, Embiid's playing elite basketball. One of the best fantasy producers uh, we have in the game. This season, uh, and James Harden having a fantastic season in his own right. Tyrese Max is coming back around here. On the flip side, you have the Bulls. I'm just giving you my macro view here. And I know you're a big prop guy. Obviously, you have the prop shop in our Discord. I know you've been following DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine all season, and it really seemed like DeRozan took a backseat to Levine in the second half in terms of usage. And then he goes off and rattles off a monster game a couple of days ago, DeRozan that is. So um, either way, this 76ers team always lets a wing dominate them. So I like the idea of having either Levine or DeRozan somewhere in one of my builds. Um, I don't care where you start here. I, I talked about Philly first. So why don't you t- tell me about the 76ers you're looking at? I mean, do you want to play Joel Embiid or do you not want to play Joel Embiid? Uh, this man is – I mean, look, I, I, here's what I like about Embiid right now. He, he wants to MV, he wants to win MVP, but he's also taking care of business, right? He's not just talking about it. He's putting up the statistics. And not only is he putting up the statistics, Luge, he's taking care of business. Look, Look at this. When he's playing teams like Indiana and Charlotte, look at the score. They're blowing these teams out. They're not playing around. Like, okay, you play Cleveland, it's 118-109, I get it. Washington, 112-93. But when you play the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers, you want to make the MVP statement, beat the teams you're supposed to beat and go sit on the bench and relax. And that's what he's doing, putting up stellar, I mean stellar numbers here. Luch, he played 31 minutes against Indiana. I mean, excuse me, not 31 minutes. He played 30 minutes, 31, 7 and 7, 54 fantasy. I mean, they had that game well in hand. Charlotte, 29 minutes, 38, 13 and 5. Charlotte's terrible inside. We know this, but he's taking care of business. I, I don't know how we can decide that Joel Embiid isn't a play every day. And, and today he's down to 11, 6. We've been playing, paying 12K for him or more. Um, on FanDuel, which he's 11-4 on DK again, 
11-6 now after these big performances. Still not 12K. If Luka Doncic was putting up 60 fantasy points every day, he'd be 12-3, 12-4. So we're getting a discount for Mr. Embiid. I don't have to tell you to play Embiid, but I did want to stress how good he's been. And I think there's still a little bit of meat on the bone here. Um, you know, outside of that, is Harden's going to be backing all these guys. So it's basically him, maybe a little bit of Harden. But we've seen this season. You can't really play anybody outside of those two. I mean, Tobias Harris, thank God Harden sat the other night. He finally hit value. He's probably going to have 20 fantasy points in this game because when Harden and Beat are playing, his his production is just lacking. An extreme disappointment this season from him from a fantasy perspective. On the bull side of things, Alex Caruso is questionable. And that's pretty significant because there is some potential for some big-time value here. Pat Beverly's playing big minutes, and he's been great. Uh, Kobe White's turning it back on. He's 3,700. And, of course, Ao. And it seems like Ao's taken the back seat since Beverly's been in the equation here. But, again, if we do miss Caruso for a full game, and if I'm multi-entering, like if I'm putting 100 teams in on Monday, I would really think about having one of these cheap Bulls guards in most of my builds. Uh, you know, one or two of them is going to play over 30 minutes. And, you know, the Sixers have been playing in some serious track meets lately. They really have been scoring so efficiently that they're really forcing the other team to play faster, it seems like. Yeah. So I, I think these cheap Bulls guards, Kobe, White, um, AO, who's my third favorite, and, and Beverly, I, I think if we miss Alex Caruso, I, I'd, I'd force one of them and no more than one of them. And a lot of my builds, I, I think, is the way I would go as of things that stand you know, pretty late here on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's probably Beverly or Kobe White, um, just because I feel better about Kobe White scoring. I feel better about Beverly's overall output. And we've seen AO have some good games as well. Obviously, he's the cheaper of the bunch. But I think if I had to decide right now, I'd go in the order of the pricing. It'd be Beverly White then AO for me. Yeah. Do, do you agree with that take to a degree? Like it, it's, there's, there could be some serious uh, ceiling value there out of a guy that's 4,400 or 3,700. I mean, if you're, you're going to play, this game's fairly competitive and I'm sure if we don't get out, if we don't get Alex Caruso in this ball game, uh, two of those guys should project around at least 30 minutes, chief. I'm thinking, you think that's probably right? Well, we for sure, Beverly, I think. Kobe White, I think he'd probably be upper 20s and then AO's probably be around where he's been 18 20 you get what I'm saying like because they could very well um just kind of stagger these guys and um and you know play the roles and play Patrick Williams and, play, and just mix and match and do some weird stuff yeah I, I like you know, in terms of picking between Levine or DeRozan, if I had to, I think I lean Levine a little bit more here. Um, Vucevic is interesting. It's a little narrative-y. For those of you who don't know, the 76ers drafted Vuce a long time ago already, and they gave up on him rather quickly. But Vuce always seems to fare pretty well against Embiid for the most part. And I'm not one to look back and see what player X did against player Y you know, over a period of time. All of that aside, he's under 8K. We know he has 50-point upside, and nobody's going to play him against Embiid tomorrow. So I think Vuce is a, is a really like large field option for a large field tournament. 
Yeah, I, I I don't hate that at all. And he's typically, you know, like you said, played well against Philly seventy seven hundred. I'm in on that take for sure. Cool. Let's move along here. We got Minnesota traveling to the Garden to play the New York Knicks, and Anthony Edwards is questionable. So it would be nice to get some of this news early on in the day. <laughs> For sure, because if Anthony Edwards doesn't play, that opens up a whole other can of worms, Chief. Um, the Knicks aren't a matchup we like to target for fantasy purposes. They're pretty stingy defensively for the most part. They play pretty slow for the most part. Um, that being said, you know, if Anthony Edwards does not play, uh, also Rudy Gobert is questionable by, questionable, by the way, and Nas Reed is also questionable. So... Uh, another game where you're going to have some good, you could, I shouldn't say you're going to, you could have some cheaper pieces be squarely in play, even though the matchup's not fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw that, I think, uh, over the weekend on Saturday where um, Anthony Edwards sat. And, you know, it, the game kind of got out of hand, but I think what we saw was there was a commitment to Jordan McLaughlin playing some minutes. Um, yeah. Even outside of that, uh, that that's what I gathered from the weekend. So if he sits, you know, McLaughlin was kind of the guy that picked up a few extra minutes. So we've seen him have some good fantasy performances when guys sit anyway. You know, we saw Torian Prince. He played 30 minutes and just did nothing. Um, now, that doesn't mean that's going to happen again. I think for a guy that's going to get 30 minutes and he's 3K, we're just going to assume, you know, we've seen him put up some nice performances before. We're going to assume he's not Tony Snell and that he can rebound from that performance. Um, somebody else that I think I like, you know, even though, you know, he played 32 minutes, it didn't go quite kind of how maybe we thought. I like Kyle Anderson. He's a guy that's been able to put up 40, 50 fantasy points. This should be a, a good tournament play. Um, I, I don't think he'll garner a lot of ownership. We saw uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a lot of people like him. He only played about 20 minutes. So I think for me – um, Kyle Anderson is going to be my favorite and then probably followed by Rudy Gobert if he plays. Yeah. McDaniel's in a weird spot. Cause we don't think of him as an elite fantasy producer and he's not the greatest scorer. He's not the greatest rebounder. He doesn't drop a lot of assists, but he kind of, in the Kyle Anderson sense of things, he kind of does a little bit of everything. Now I think Anderson can score the basketball a little bit better than McDaniel's, but, uh, McDaniel's pretty cheap. If Edwards were to sit, he is going to push 40 minutes if the game's close, I would think. Um, you just got to kind of have to, you know, uh, take a deep breath and look past the Knicks matchup, right? And plus he's 5K. So if there's a lot of value that opens up, you know, he might just be lost in that mid-tier of pricing. Um, even Kyle Anderson. I mean, 6,900 Kyle Anderson. And I think that's part of the reason he makes a great tournament play because he might not project phenomenally well, even without Anderson. I mean, he'll probably project fine, but... He's not exactly cheap anymore. So I think those two mid-range forwards, I think, you know, you opened up a really good conversation there. I think they could go overlooked, but there's just, you know, so much usage that opens up without Edwards. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns has been out forever, and uh, D'Angelo Russell departed at the deadline as well. So if we get some Edwards news, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And, you know, God forbid Gobert or Nas Reed also miss. Then it's going to get messy. Um, talk to me about the Knicks. You know, as if Jalen Brunson didn't make things a little more difficult to 
to play a Nick or figure out who the Nick was. Then you bring in Josh Hart, who's been playing great basketball and good for him since the Knicks brought him in. But it's just another mouth to feed. However, you know, any matchup against the Timberwolves is typically a good one. Well, the thing is, in terms of a, a Tom Thibodeau coach team, Josh Hart is his guy. Like this, this is this is the guy he he wants, right? A guy that look. So so listen to this, Luch, as an example. Josh Hart scored thirty seven fantasy points against Denver. He shot the ball five times. He had eight rebounds, five assists, three steals, thirteen points. Like like th- this is who Tom Thibodeau wants around the, the stars, right? A guy that, hey, I, I, can, I can take 10 shots, I can take three shots. I'm just going to go out and do my job. I'm going to compete. I'm going to play hard. I'm going to do the dirty work. And that's what Josh Hart has become. I feel like he's carved out a nice glue NBA role in the league. And this type of play is going to – because not only that, he can't score if like, he has to, but he's accepted that he's not the star guy. And he's getting paid for it. And not only that, I mean, look, the game before that, he had 45 fantasy points. I scored 16 real points. But he had nine rebounds and eight assists, three steals. Like, this is Josh Hart. Um, so, but he's 6K. I mean, it's it's interesting. He, he He's definitely nowhere near a better play than these guys in the Charlotte, uh, Indiana game. And so that's kind of going to be the downside to his price today, you, you know, you talked about Brunson. Brunson comes back, and I mean, immediately, twenty-four points, right, right. I mean, right, right off the off the street, just twenty-four points, just like that. They've already got uh, Randall, who went on a nice stretch. He's still playing okay. Like you know, in, in our in our minds, you know, we probably want to hear Randall for 30, 10, and ten. But, I mean, he's just steadily putting up nice performances, 27 and 4, 24, 10 and 4, 33, 8 and 5, 19, 8 and 3, 23, 10 and 4. Like, he's giving you good production. He doesn't have to score 30 every night um, in this particular spot. He probably is a good player against Minnesota. But, once again, you know, R.J. Barrett's still there. They weren't able to move him. They weren't able to trade him. He played 34 minutes against them. They've got, as you said, a lot of mouths to feed in – it's only one basketball. So, you know, playing against Minnesota, I, I get it. Uh, I don't mind Randall. I don't mind uh, Brunson. But you can't play any of these guys together. I mean, zero. I tell you what, Mitch Robinson is a heck of a tournament play, I think. It doesn't feel good. He's very volatile. He might score single-digit fantasy points, but you know what? He could drop 40. You don't even need 40. He might If you get 30 at 4,500, he could help you take down a tournament, depending on what kind of other news breaks. Just know that Mitch Robinson is a really, really volatile player. Uh, but he's a guy who's working his way back, and, you know, he's logging about 30 minutes once in a while. I mean, if Gobert plays, they'll definitely need a size. So I think Robinson is, is kind of interesting for tournaments, Chief. Uh, anything else on this game, or should we keep going? Negative. Let's ease on down the road, sir. All right. Dallas and Memphis. Looking at Dallas. Both of their stars have a Q tag next to their name, and both are questionable with foot issues. <laughs> so, I mean, we just need so much news. 
Um, so Christian Wood, we know we know what Christian Wood could do on a per minute basis. But is he actually gonna get the playing time and be the guy? If the if one of these stars miss again, I think we're looking at Christian Wood um in a matchup against Memphis without Steven Adams. And they've been getting just crapped on on, on the boards uh inside without Steven Adams. So Dallas is going to be tricky. We're going to need news. It's really tough to say, um, you know, if one of Irving or Luca sits and the other one plays, you know, you got to look at the star who's going to get the usage bump and consider him. That's for sure. If they both play, I'm probably not going to play either one of them. And I'm probably not going to play Christian Wood. So there's basically my analysis. Look, man, here's the thing. I, I've got a rule that's been in place all season long. And outside of a couple games, Luke's, it's been very, very beneficial. I'm going to uh, recite that rule out of the blue notebook that many of you have heard over the years. When in doubt, leave Christian Wood out. And it doesn't matter. I don't care if both stars sit. When in doubt, just leave Christian Wood out. I don't know when Jason Kidd is going to decide to play him 35 minutes. And when he's going to decide to play him 22 minutes, which is most of the season. I'm exaggerating a little bit on the 22 minutes. But my point is, I can win a tournament, I think, without Christian Wood if both of these guys sit. And I'm just going to stick to my guns on that. Um, And look, for everybody that wants to play Christian Wood, I don't have a problem with it. Like, it's a tournament. You know, you've got to go with your own convictions. I'm deciding that. Wood sits on the wood, the pine, the bench, whatever you want to call it. He's not going in my, my DFS lineups. Uh, but I, but the bigger news here is, does Luca play? Does Kyrie play? Does do, do both play? Do neither of them play? Like that's, that's, that's the big concern because if they don't, then, of course, now you're getting Hardy and Green at these cheap prices. Um, and so that, that's where we are. Any of these mid-price guys, like if if Luca or Kyrie miss, do you have any love for Jaden Hardy, Josh Green? I mean, heck, Reggie Bullock even dropped a fifty bomb a couple of nights ago, which is crazy. What about those guys? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's what I was just saying. Those those would be the guys. Hardy and Green um, would would definitely be the guys that 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 I would consider. Um, you know, on the Memphis side, because I know we're probably going to head there. Like Tyus Jones has been great. Desmond Bain finally under 8K. If those guys are out and Dallas can keep this game close, then I, I don't I don't hate these guys from Memphis, you know. Um, Xavier Tillman, 5,400. His minutes are, like, sporadic. Like, you know, he played 32 minutes against Golden State. But, you know, I don't know when he's going to play 28 minutes, 25 minutes. But at 5,400, I can stomach playing him on a nightly basis, knowing that the upside's there. Yeah, he's a cash game play, absolutely. Uh, you'll have to see what that ownership's going to be and then make a decision for tournaments. Um, you know, you might think, oh, well, Dallas plays slow, but they're not very good on the glass, and they're not great against centers. So I think Tillman is, is absolutely squarely in play, uh, and I think your analysis with Memphis was pretty much spot on. Now, another game that's going to have a fast pace, not a lot of defense, Golden State on the road at Houston. Houston's on the second leg of a back-to-back. The Warriors have been absolutely awful on the road this season. I know you're invested in some Kevin Porter stuff on Sunday night. Let's let's put that good or bad bias aside. 
<laughs> and talk to me about this game, my friend. Where you well, really, so, so let's talk about it overall because, honestly, I like this game because Golden State has proven to us that they can score with anybody, but they just can't beat anybody on the road. And I, I, and I really don't know what the problem is. It's, it's weird to me. Um, so I, I have to assume, Luke, that even though Houston is on a back-to-back, my assumption is they're in this game all the way down to the wire. Like, Golden State has proven this to us time and time again. If that's the case, and that's the approach that we take, then I've got interest in Steph Curry. I've got interest in Jalen Green. Uh, I, I've got interest in Klay Thompson at 7,100. You know, I've got interest in DiVincenzo. I've got interest in Sangoon at 6,700 where the prices come down dramatically. I've got interest in Draymond Green. I've got interest in K.J. Martin. Like, I like this game because, once again, I'm building on the premise that Golden State allows Houston to compete the whole way through. And if that's the case, then this game is full of fireworks. Steph Curry might score 40. Like, that that's the type of game we're going to be dealing with. So this is one of my favorite games outside of the Indiana-Charlotte game. I like this one a ton for that reason. Like, we could get upside, an upside game from Klay Thompson, an upside game from Curry out of nowhere in a game that you think on paper they would blow this team out, but we've just seen them struggle on the road so much. Um I have to assume Houston pushes them all the way to the fourth quarter. And I mean, to the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. I like the idea of using conditional players here in Roto Grinders lineup HQ. If you're multi-entering and you know, Steph Curry is the most expensive warrior. So wherever my Steph Curry shares are, I'm going to want to attach one strong piece of Houston with them, whether it's Kevin Porter or Jalen green or Sangoon, uh, man, you just think it's a good spot for the guards with the pace, right? Like you got to love the idea of either Kevin Porter or Jalen Green, you know, uh, having a ceiling game. And we'll see what happens, though. Uh, it, it there should be a lot of points in Golden State's much more on the road than they are at home, and both teams play really fast, so that should be that should be a fun one here. Um, you know, you look at Golden State, and it's tough when they're all healthy, but. With how cheap Clay is now, and even Jordan Poole, it wouldn't take much for one of them to absolutely smash. It's just hard to say which one it is. Um, so Houston would be – here's a fun prop statistic for you that I dug last week. This is probably not the matchup to attack it with Clay Thompson because it's Houston, and he absolutely nuked Houston earlier this season. But that was a game without Curry. Clay's averaging like three or four points fewer on the road this season than at home. And across his career, he's – like a point lower on the road than at home just thought that was interesting although Houston is a matchup I don't want to mess with when it comes to any props whatsoever uh you know that being said the beautiful thing about sports betting is you don't have to play something if you don't like it (laughs) so it might be a pass for me I just maybe Clay's bad play on the road might go hand in hand with the Warriors struggles on the road I'm, I'm not so sure but I thought that was interesting um, I'm with you. I like Curry in this spot as as well. Uh, anybody else on Golden State you want to talk about? No, man, just kind of, you know, all the – really, I just kind of like the game in general. I uh, want to get exposure to both sides in, in tournaments, especially if you're mass multi-entering. And not necessarily that I want to stack the whole game up, 
Um, I, I do think that the the stack the game up opportunity is Indiana Charlotte. It's not that I want to stack up Golden State and Houston completely, but I do think having a few pieces here and there, two from one, you know, two from uh, Golden State, one from Houston, two from Houston, one from Golden State. I do think that's viable today because of the situation. Last game of the night, Sacramento and Utah. Could yes. be another banger of a track meet here. Yep. Gotta love when the slates have no 10:30 games. I mean, we can go to bed a little earlier. So 9 p.m. Eastern start uh, for <laughs> for Sacramento. Kevin Herter's questionable. Trey Lyles has a questionable tag as well. Uh, man, we're at the spot where Deer and Fox are just getting way too cheap. That's what catches my attention first of all. 8,200 cheap. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, way too cheap. And he's somebody I've been playing most days. Um, you know, played 26 minutes against Washington. That was just, you know, it was a blowout. So I'm, I'm not really sweating it. Um, here's the deal. This is a guy that has the ability to put up 50. It's not that he's going to put up 50 today, but you know, he's going through stretches this season. Like he just came off of a stretch and I, I'm going to read off this stretch to you, which says to me that the small stretch he's on now is an anomaly. I'll tell you why. If you, if for all you game log watchers out there, if you go back to, I mean, listen, I'm going back to December 46, and these are fantasy points. 40, and I'm, I'm not going to read the point. I'm going to round up if it's close, and I'll round down if it's, if it's not. 46, 35, 42, 32, 55, 44, 33, 54, 42, 48, 26, 42, 38, 28, 45, 33, 54, 45, 31. 46, 50, 58, 37, 58, 49, 50, 48, 40, 77, 53, 38, 44, 36, 56, 40, 34, 28. That's the stretch he's been on, and he's got way more 40-plus point performances than he does mid-30s and under 30. I like De'Aaron Fox a ton at 8,200 playing against Utah. Don't forget about our other comrade in arms, uh, Mr. Demonis Sabonis, who also gets a cake matchup, and he's on a personal stretch right now, 71, 57, 65, 61. Uh, let's not leave him out. This is a spot where he could really get going here. Uh, they're at Utah, so I'm expecting them to have a little bit of lag early in the game because of the elevation, and then hopefully we see them pick it up and get rolling. Um, I, I feel like Sacramento is sneakily kind of uh, – they've kind of become what I would call, I guess, the the league pass team of the year, where I don't think anybody expected them to, you know, kind of be in, in the thick of things. And not only are they in the thick of things, they're, they're, they're closer to the top of the conference than the bottom of the conference. Uh, shout out to Mike Brown. Is he a good coach or what? Because I look, as far as I'm concerned, most of these other coaches had most of the same pieces, not all, but most of the same pieces. And he's figured out a way to get the Sacramento Kings into playing winning basketball. Um, and so I, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. So uh, I, I like the Sacramento Kings, like Aaron Fox. Uh, if, if, uh, if Herder's out, the Malik Monk at 5,500, you, you already know. Just go ahead and get him in. Coming off the bench, 
he'll have even more opportunity. Uh, we did see Terrence Davis play 30 minutes as well the other night. He's 4K. They're playing against Utah. He would have opportunity. I I, I like this spot. Yeah, I love the ideas of stacking these games, man. I, I like Sabonis and Fox a lot. I would want to be overweight on both of them. I think there is just another potential great game environment. On the other side of things, we have Colin Sexton who's out, Jordan Clarkson's out, and Markkanen's questionable. And if Markkanen doesn't play, the best and easiest way I can phrase this without reading these players line by line is I would have interest in pretty much anybody that plays a reasonable part of the Jazz rotation if Markkanen is also out. That means the Fontecchios of the world, etc., like, if I'm running multiple lineups, I would want pieces of this game because I think the game environment could be that good. Hopefully, they keep it reasonably close. And if Markkinen does play, of course, I have interest in him. You know, you want the stud uh, uh, to hit a ceiling game in a great game environment, and he would be my choice. So uh, another situation where we might not get the news, uh, which is tough, but do not sleep on the Markkinen news, right? He's not your household uh, you know, name that everyone's familiar with. Uh, it was cool to see him participate in all-star weekend he's having a hell of a season but that news is significant and that puts a lot more of this utah jazz roster in play uh, and it already is for the most part uh, but that would make some of these pieces even more valuable yeah absolutely um you know tht would be valuable and honestly the most valuable piece it might not seem like it the most valuable play might end up being kelly olenic if he sits because kelly's now i mean like like Kelly's going to pick up more of the scoring load. I can guarantee you that. So if he sits, Kelly at 5,700 against Sacramento, as long as they don't get blown out, is a, is a, is a big spot. We already know Jordan Clarkson is going to sit. And if, if, if Mark and it sits, maybe that helps Chris Dunn a little bit more, like, like just maybe. Um, though, you know, I, I bought you played 30 minutes. He's 3,800. Like it's just, it, it would open up for a lot of these guys. That's it. We ran through this bad boy pretty quickly. Um, man, there's so many angles here. But, of course, you know, that Indiana uh, news in the first game and figuring out what you want to do there is is pivotal. Um, but also, these last two games are just – could be fantasy gold mines. I don't have totals yet or anything like that, that game totals, that is, or team total projections. But – Oh, man, I just – Sabonis and Fox. I know we just talked about it, but, you know, after getting through that, boy, uh, I, I think, you know, per dollar, you know, we might not have Luka. We might not have Kyrie on the slate. Um, you know, Embiid is a little bit more expensive. It puts Sabonis in a really nice situation per dollar on this slate too, you know, stud-wise. Uh, and he does a little bit of everything. In a game where there's going to be a lot of points, he doesn't need to score 30 points. He might have – you know, 13 rebounds and nine assists. (laughs) So it's a bonus and Fox. I would definitely, I just want to reiterate my love for those two guys on this slate tomorrow. Uh, Do you got a favorite kind of higher up spend? Cause for me, it's probably one of those two guys. Um, I I like Curry a ton. I do like Curry, Um, yeah. So, you know, he's 9,800. So I I like him a ton. Um, You know, I, I think Embiid is the, like the obvious spin. Um, I think if I wanted to go, maybe 
I don't want to call it sneaky spin-up, but it's kind of sneaky. Kevin Porter Jr., I think, would be my sneaky spin-up. He's 8K. It's not quite a spin-up, but he's expensive enough to take away from some of the other value plays um, or, or for maybe you to not be able to get an Embiid or not be able to get a Sabonis or something like that. So I, I don't mind Kevin Porter Jr. in what I, what I think is going to be a track meet uh, with Golden State. Um, you know, he would kind of be my, my sneaky spin-up. Which you know he's not all the way up, but he's expensive enough to to make you think about it. Anything else before we get out of here, Chief? Negativo, my brother. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, long gone are the days of food for thought FFT, but they will be back soon to a theater near you. I want to bring Mini Chief on this season. I I know this is an NBA show, so just bear with us. I do want to bring Mini Chief on uh, for uh, maybe one of our preview shows this year and let Mini Chief get a little mic time um, un- under adult supervision, of course. I think he would enjoy it. He loves talking sports. And in fact, Luch, we may have to mute his mic because he'd probably try to take over the show. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's uh, hopefully, Food for Thought, if we can do some preview shows, uh, maybe we'll get my son uh to be a, a special guest on and uh, i think that'd be that'd be a, a cool moment um something we probably never forget and also interesting so Definitely. uh yeah i like it i can't make any promises because i didn't clear it yet but the nfl drafts around the corner maybe we could do a little special <laughs> hey you never know i know this is a basketball podcast but your carolina panthers have been very busy yeah, they've been they've been. Listen, I, this is the most excited I've been as a Panthers fan since we went to the Super Bowl. That's a long time ago in, in NFL season, so I am very excited. I like what we've done. We got rid of the old regime, and I think we did the right thing. Sent DJ to oh man, it's, sorry guys, just give me my little vent here. Sent DJ Moore to the Chicago Bears, and what I think is going to be a good spot for him, helping out a young a young talent. Uh, they you know, and, and the Bears are getting. Uh, they're trying to get offensive linemen. You know they're they're going to draft well, but listen, we're going to go and get a quarterback in this draft. And I, I like, I like, I like what we're doing. We signed Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's a good backup. I, I like it. Like I, I like that. If, you know, if Sam Darnold's just got to come in and start a game, I, I'm fine with that. Um, it, it's looking like we might take C.J. Stroud. We signed Miles Sanders to a nice, friendly deal. Um, basically got us, you know, another explosive in his own right, running back, didn't have to give up the farm. You know, we sent Christian McCaffrey pack who had a very hefty contract. I like what, what ownership has done. Um, I didn't necessarily like the coaching hire initially, but I think, I think it's going to grow on me as long as we win. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that since this is a basketball. I, I love, I love how I, how I said anything else, you know, wrapping up the show. And then I baited you with the Carolina Panthers window <laughs> of opportunity here to speak a little bit. I dangled that carrot and you took it. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure to check out chief chief prop shop on discord. Check him out on Twitter. Chief justice. Oh, six. I want to get real active. Now that MLB is coming. Like, listen, I'm going to be posting props all day. So, Get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, yep. It's coming. And while you're at it, check out Scores and Odds. We had 
off the top of my head, I don't know, but we had over 60 NCAA men's basketball picks for the opening first two days. So our squad was cranking out a lot of picks, and we have a lot of good content over there at Scores and Oz. And you can bet you can find some MLB picks from the Chief and myself and, uh, and the rest of our team over there in a couple of weeks. So we'll get out of here. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Let's start the week off right for Will. I am Justin. Have a good day. We'll see you later.